Josh, we're chasing the whiskey down the rabbit hole, and it's fine. Sunday, November uh, sixth, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. If it had to be on on the calendar correctly. <laughs> it is November sixth. It, it is a beautiful day here in the capital city. Straight coming to you, straight from the sea bus. Right, upstairs. No longer in the laundry room, we're upstairs in Max. <laughs> Live from the second floor. <laughs> we then came up. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be back downstairs once I finish painting down there, so don't get comfortable up here. <laughs> right, I like this chair in the Max. I'm pretty, I feel very, uh, very, uh, Coveted in this chair. Nice. <laughs> that, that's, that's the business sitting there. So you know, you're, you're like on that side of the table. That's uh, that's why that's more comfy than this one. That's the negotiation chair, right? There. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where I get interviewed for the job. Right. No. <laughs> okay, let's get straight into it. So we were talking about loss of tangibility earlier. You brought this up. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, just you know, I mean, I I work. The classroom setting and with young kids and um, we we talk a lot about it. Just you know that you know tangibility, you know being you know that tactile kind of thing where you you know you touch and touch other people. I don't mean it <laughs> appropriately. <laughs> that came out a little sideways. Sorry, but um, you know I'm sure COVID you know had a lot to do with that at least in the last couple of years. But I think there's a in the broader sense. I think there's with the generation growing up right now, there's just not as many people are giving hugs. They're on their on their machines all the time. <laughs> it's like there's just like loss of love, you know. And um, I don't know. I, I we talk a lot about social emotional skills and you know how you can learn how to have these tools to cope with life. And I think a lot of people just don't have it, you know. And, and I'm probably speaking the obvious right now, but. Still, I mean, how do you, how do you get past this? I mean, if somebody's already like, I hate to say the use the phrase too far gone, you know, if they're already seventeen or eighteen and they're feeling like this hopelessness, you know, I mean, how do you get to them at that point? Well, you may mean can't. You have to get to them before that. So it's like, how do you like lay the groundwork for that? And that's where I mean, that loss of tangibility comes. You know, if like get your hands off your phone. <laughs> go take a walk in the park right give your brother a hug right. you know i mean just that kind of like it's maybe overly simplistic but you know no I, I, I can I, I can understand that because um with with technology today our interactions have really changed so oh yeah people people can be like not set in their ways but they can have an echo chamber and have people respond to them and they can find a group of people who think exactly like them if they want to. So you end up having people who push the same mindset and the same thought process and sure. get upset and don't want to hear anyone else's opinion outside their comfort right. bubble. Right. The polarization of America right there in a nutshell. I mean, right. and the thing is too, I mean, if you're constantly dealing with like, you know, remote virtual communication 
if you get too pissed off and you don't want to deal with it anymore, you can just freaking turn the power off. <laughs> <laughs> you can just be like, ah, oh, fuck up. Yeah, yeah, turn yeah. the power off, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and then also, I feel um, we, we get saturated with information and news and such. Because back in the day, I know news would be either they read the, my parents were reading the newspaper in the morning or listening to news on the radio in the morning and then in the evening. But now, constantly, our, our social media cycle, there's always something's going on. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you look on um, the actual news, everything is... Well, right. Ca- I mean, catastrophe it's, going off everywhere. <laughs> right. How do you shut it off? Like, I mean, the only way to shut it off is literally to shut it off, you know, or it just keeps coming at you. You know, it's this ubiquitous news thing that goes on where you like, you know, oh my gosh, it's coming at me from all angles. If it's not Facebook, it's, you know, it's Twitter or it's CBS News or it's this or it's Fox News, heaven forbid. But, um, <laughs> you know. Right, yeah, I mean, just how do you shut it down? And maybe the only way to shut it down is to literally shut it down. Right, so do you how do you ever unplug completely? Like, because there's days where I I just leave my phone, leave a lot of the technology stuff. Oh, yeah. Either, either I just go riding or running, or even if I'm at home, just try to avoid interacting with, um, oh, yeah. with, with too many things. Read a book. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, a lot. I mean, at work, we're not even because, like I said, it's a classroom setting. Right. It's we're not even really supposed to have our phones. I mean, obviously, you know, there's moments when you you got to peek at your phone, you know. You see, but yeah, I mean, my phone blows up a lot. I mean, I don't even have that many things fed to me, you know, specifically as far as like you know platforms. But I mean. I still like. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I. I mean, I. Luckily, I have a desk where I can just. I'll. I'll put it in in a drawer. Right, and just leave it there. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So you know, uh, excuse me. I think I have come to accept that I can be quite attached to my phone, even even if I'm not necessarily using it, but just knowing that I have it. I remember I went ping bowling with a couple of buddies a couple of weeks ago to um, Splatter Park. Excuse me, out in um, Mount Gilead. And I wanted to leave my phone in the car to make sure it didn't drop out of my pocket or anything. But the whole time I'm like, just in case I need to check on my missus, just in case. I... Right, but there's a safety <clears throat> safety aspect to it too. You right, know, but so, yeah, and ahead. then I'm like, oh, what if we get some good footage of, or a picture or something? But obviously that shouldn't be, I shouldn't be thinking like that. I should just be enjoying the game. I shouldn't be, because you know, there's uh, people like, for example, um, there's been a lot of deaths of rappers recently and a lot of it yeah. a lot of it has been caught on camera and people are circulating circulating all these images and all these videos so people are always at the ready to have a phone to, to get content or to get footage instead of calling 911 or instead of helping the person certain times people are standing back that's the a good video. point yeah, yeah. So, right, some people think it's better to, more important to capture it than it is to, like, you know, help it, right. help the situation. And, you know, that I feel like that comes from the, what is it called? I think the proper wording is called the bystander, bystander effects. Oh, where, yeah, well. Where everyone else expects someone else to, to do it, to yeah, do something. Uh, 
like the correct the bystander effect or bystander apathy is a social psychological theory that states individuals are less likely to offer to a victim uh, offer help to a victim when there are other people present right they always think somebody else is going to take care of it correct yeah and the author uh, Malcolm Gladwell did did a bit on that I can't remember what the exact situation was but it was in New York and there was a woman walking down the street who had been stabbed and was screaming for help and all these people open up their windows you know and you would have thought somebody would have been like oh I'm, I'm getting on the phone with the cops you right. know like help this poor woman you know who eventually did die yeah. and but it was that same you know situation where everybody else thought somebody else was going to do it so nobody did anything right and this woman ended up dying she she was like screaming for help in an alley and all their all these neighbors like opened up their windows and to look but no and one nobody came, did went down anything. to help yeah but i think that's one of the first that's where that that uh bystander apathy bystander apathy you right. know that that title for that came from you know so um i've got a question for you now because uh You've lived in an era before I, I have lived. Right. So do you think as people, um, are we em- emotion, more emotionally intelligent now or were people more, more emotionally intelligent in the past? Um, I would say, I, I don't think we're getting more emotionally intelligent, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Hashtag um, TikTok. And... I think it's just too too damn easy to sort of detach from actually stepping in and doing something about something just like we were just talking about you right. know where you see something that needs like needs attention you know and it's so easy to kind of just back away and go like eh, I I don't have time for that or, right or somebody else can take care of that and right instead of like you know. And I think a lot of it comes back to like, what is your first instinct? Is your instinct to just go like, nah, I don't have time. But is your instinct like, like, you know, oh shit, I got to step in and do something, right. you know, or like the, this person's hurt, you know, right. or this person needs help, you know? So I don't know. I, I think it's, <laughs> I, I hate to be, you know, <laughs> Mr. Negativo, but, uh, uh-huh. you know, I, I think it's definitely on the downturn. Right. Um. Uh, our, our, and that still goes back to that loss of connection too, because I think people don't. We're losing the amount of physical or actual human connections. Yeah, there's that like, tangibility, like, like touch. Right. So now, now there's a lot of um, people can be playing games with strangers, and that be their socialization. Mm-hmm. Only playing a video game at home, put your headset on, you can be whoever you want to be. As we were talking about the catfishing nonsense there earlier, um, be whoever you want to be behind those headsets, and they're not really, you don't get to really know who the other person at the end of the thing probably. No. I, I mean, even if you're like doing something like a FaceTime or a Zoom call or something where you can actually, you know, if you're doing the video interview where you can actually see the person. Right. You know, you feel like, oh, I can see this person. Right. They must be like 
okay. Right. It's like, well, no, not necessarily. Like, just shake their hand, just give them a hug. You actually feel their actual vibe. I mean, there is such a thing as like human vibe, you know, like that print. And you're not going to feel that through a computer screen. Hell no. That that prints like purple aura. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's just all a bunch of fucking white noise. And, you know, it's like human white noise. I mean, it, it doesn't doesn't really connect i mean i i truly don't believe you can feel things through a screen some people might you know disagree with me but i don't know i uh, don't think you can okay so since we're talking about feeling th- things through a screen there's a there's a people people have been uh you know the online dating and all that right Oh, that shit scares the hell out of me. So, <laughs> so as we talk about that, um, I'm curious. What do you know about catfishing? Well, uh, yeah, good friend of a, a guy we both know. This guy, Mr. Brennan. <laughs> he uh, he he quitted me with that term, and I was like, catfish. I mean, like, what is that? You know, it's like, bro, I'm I'm almost 20 years old, and I don't understand all this terminology. Right. You know, of your generation. But he was like, oh, you know, what's well, like. Where, you know, like in an online sense where you kind of pretend to be something you're not and it kind of gets caught, you know, well, maybe it gets caught, right. maybe it doesn't. And I was like, oh, I, okay. Like, I, I didn't, I don't know if I understood the connection of the word catfish to that. I was right. trying to think about it, but. I don't know why it's called catfishing, actually, but uh, I guess because uh, some of the people who do shit like that are bottom feeders. <laughs> yeah okay maybe um, that's the connection so, you know. according to wikipedia catfishing is a deceptive activity where a person creates a fictional persona or fake identity on a social network service usually targeting a specific victim the practice may be used for financial gain to compromise a victim in some way as a way of an intentionally upset as a way to intentionally upset a victim or for wish fulfillment Okay. Yeah, I mean, in the general sense, that's what I thought it was, you know, very specific <laughs> definition. But so, uh, uh, <laughs> what is what is the uh, before the internet? I know catfishing had to be happening. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe. I mean, I don't know if people were using fax machines to catfish or what. <laughs> You know, how do you, yeah, how do you like fax fish or whatever you want to call it, you know? I mean, I'm sure it exists. You're probably right, though. It probably exists in some format, you know, but yeah, I'm trying to think of like the most previous like digital format that existed, you know, and like people kind of like going back and forth, you know, in some Tele- kind of communicative Tele- telegram, tele- telegram catfishing. <laughs> yeah, or carrier pigeon catfishing or something like you know, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it had to exist before this. This can't be the first time somebody's pretended to be something they're not. So. Right. Oh. Well, the Trojans. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Trojan horse. <laughs> It'd be right. like the Trojan catfish. Hey, dude. Um... Talk of horse running. Um, shout out to the to the Kenyan people them that won the the, the New York Marathon. Uh, Sharon Rakedi and Evan Chabet. They won both the men's and the women's. Uh, they both got number one. Incredible! I wonder, that is amazing. I wonder. I wonder what it is that makes. 
Kenyans more susceptible to being better runners than the rest of us. I don't know. I mean, refresh my memory on geography, but where is 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 Kenya pretty close to the equator? Yeah, not too far from the equator. So um, right off the bat, you've got Kenya like, is like right here on this. Uh, all right, show me. Like so here. oh, if you pass me that globe there, let me show you right there. Right next to you. <laughs> geography, geography time while chasing whiskey down the there's probably not much of a change of seasons going on, I would, I would think. But, I mean, as far as, like, temperature, right? you know, so maybe that allows them right off the bat to run comfortably and in, or, like, run in the heat. Like, they're just, to put it bluntly, like, in just way better shape. <laughs> you know, like, if you're running in the heat all the time, you step into Columbus and run at, like, 55 degrees, you're probably, like, in heaven. <laughs> as far as like long distance running is concerned I Sir? don't know maybe I'm being a little presumptuous with all that but um, I I, th- I, th- I, th- I think it's um, you it's, think it's more like a cultural thing where they just are like you're just almost expected to run nah um, no I, th- I don't know I, I think it's a um, combination of diet geography huge part of it is genetics yeah, I mean, yeah. I just wonder if because I, I hate to use the word stigma, but and you know, just that it is kind of like just well known that Kenyans are are great runners, you know, and if because of that, people try to live up to something. I so don't know. I, I found something for you then. Um, <laughs> it says most of the elite runners, uh, according to CNN World News. Uh, most of the elite runners um, are from the same region of Kenya. They come, they're known as the Kalenjinis and the Nadis. This group make up 10% of the nation's, of, ten nation's population of 50 million. Okay. So maybe there is kind of a cultural thing going on in that, in that region. Right. As and far as like they're just like, Born to run, like Bruce Springsteen said. You know. Right. Um, well, to quote, to quote someone, they say, you see your neighbor run and win it. It's like what you were saying, that uh, the, the community factor too. You see your neighbor run and win it. Um, it, it motivates you to run and win. Uh, he says, uh, as, a, as a result, their community have, de- have a deep tradition of running excellence yeah, built over the years. Huh? Yeah. And they also train and live in high altitudes. So there's that geographical factor as well. Right on. Yeah, that and that altitude stuff is that that's no bullshit. That stuff like So what's the highest point in uh like what's the highest altitude location in America? Because I'm curious, why is there no runners? <laughs> why are, why, no, why like, are the Kenyans I, killing us? I, 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 is it like a Virginia? Virginia's got a lot of uh, hills, right? A lot of mountains. Well, the Appalachians, yeah, that's uh, that's not even close to where um, you're probably going to have to get to. Um, I mean, you got the Rockies, 
that that's um, that's pretty way up there. I mean, Denver, you know, is called the Mile High City. That's you know fifty two hundred eighty feet right there for a mile. And I can tell you, like, I went running out there in in Colorado, and it, it oh my god, it, it killed me. I, I thought I was gonna throw up. Like it was just like just like gasping for air after like two, three miles. Like when you could have run six at home, you know, like you hit two and a half to three and you're like, Oh my gosh. The oxygen is just, it's so thin, you know, and that's just Denver. You get to Boulder and it's, you know, more, I have to think about where like Utah, Montana, like what, what those get it on the, almost like the Canadian starting to get towards the Canadian Rockies, you know, it's sure. It's even like, I'm, tra- I'm trying to see which state has got the highest elevation. Uh, We're experiencing a lull. I think it might be... So the highest point is Mount Kinley, I think. If I'm not, Mount McKinley, I think. McKinley. I see twenty thousand over twenty thousand feet of elevation on that one. McKinley is that is that Washington, Alaska? Yeah, that's Alaska. Uh huh. That was close. <laughs> <laughs> kind of close to Alaska. I thought Washington. Right. But um, yeah, that one. That would make sense. Um, Alaska is kind of just it's an anomaly state. There's so many things about Alaska that are. <laughs> Not even close to the same as the whole rest of the other 49, you know. Have you been? I'm sorry? Have you been to Alaska? I have not. Um, My brother-in-law's brother and his family live out there in Anchorage. And my nephew and my family has... I haven't, but they've been out there and they love it. And if you remember the show, The Deadliest Catch. Correct. My brother-in-law's brother, Robert... He was one. Of, he was the doctor of one of the captains on that show. He had actually like a real brief little thing on. He was on the deadliest catch oh, on the wow. show, but he was the guy, like the older guy in the first four or five episodes, who I think ended up dying. Guy just t- took horrific care of his body. Right. But um, but yeah, I'm getting on a tangent there. But yeah, he, was on, <laughs> he was on the deadliest catch. So that's what's up. But, Hey, um, did you know there's a new bike shop up in, um, like, cycling store up in uh, Grandview? Um, on Grandview Ave, I would like to say. It's called uh, we're, Grandview, we're on Grandview Ave. Grandview Cycle. So it is where, like, local cantina is. You know, like Sushi King? Oh, okay. Kind of between 5th and 3rd. Correct. Kind of um, yeah, between, yeah, between 5th and 3rd. Um, it's in that one of the that little comp shopping complex there where right, like, right, the restaurants right. are and that yeah, really nice guys in there. They're really cool and they've got a lot of nice gear and I really enjoyed my experience in there before before my first uh, my first ride with the clip-ins. Nice, yeah. I, Only one four so far. <laughs> right, you're you're braver than I am. I I can't. I don't like being strapped in too much on anything. <laughs> Maybe it's riding motorcycles for 15 years. And I'm like, I don't want a seatbelt on this thing. I don't want to be strapped down. <laughs> but, you know, my uh, my performance really, there was a difference in, perf- there was a difference in performance. Um, 
uh, for sure with when with using using the clippings. Um, I bet. Right, because you can pull up a little bit. You know, you've got more like kinetic motion going on where you can right. you know use your power in more than just pushing down. You know, you're right. You're going both up. ways instead of just up and down. But yeah, I was just, <clears throat> if we're talking about like, you know, local jam here, um, <clears throat> some of you may remember Amy Acton, who was like uh, our Governor DeWine's sort of medical right hand. Right, know, during, um, during uh, the Through the pandemic. Correct. And uh, a lot of people just treated her like shit, which I, I'll never, ever understand. Like all these naysayers and whatnot they camp out in their freaking yard and i'm like what? You know, y'all need to go to hell the like, people just, are camping you out go to hell and you die <laughs> <laughs> the people are camping out in high yeah yard. they were camping out in her like 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 picketing in her her house Why? because she was you know giving out these mandates and dewine was like one of those times i actually admired dewine not very many times i will go to that's another another argument but but he was like, you know, hey, um, I'm the one giving out these mandates. She's just, you know, she's the the vocalization of it, you know, and you're you, you're doing this to this poor woman. Right. But she's got apparently this this program called Rapid Five. It says for president or for Rapid Five president and CEO, Dr. Amy Atkins. She's the one. It looks like she's just trying to connect people to the waterways of Columbus and and doing some fun stuff you know oh, like nice. kayaking and i've seen more people kayaking downtown that's just so great to see like we i think for the, too long of a time columbus like stifled what it had to give as far as like nature and right you know beauties of the region and um, um I, I think i think like um right now cities are changing so much to start appreciating more the nature aspects of things and being right. more being more thoughtful, uh, right? People right down there on the river, like right. I haven't even, and I know exactly where this is. I haven't seen that put-in point right there, but Let apparently it exists. It's going to be on like the east side of the river. That's right downtown, and that's somewhere between town and Maine because I, I that's think, the Town Street Bridge right there. I think I think I know where that's at. Um, that's usually where you can. Um, to rent the kayaks from yeah that's pretty cool that that's that's what i got this week on the you know the buzz the local jam right oh, yeah. rapid fight i mean granted we're getting out of the season but <laughs> still for next spring look it up rapid five rapid and it's five. amy amy acton i mean she, i thought she was just like the, the the one of the coolest things going on during the pandemic she's just very straightforward giving the straight dope on everything so Good for her. All right. Um, so I would say Road Wave is going to be performing here. He's a hip-hop musician. Who, I'm sorry, say it again? Road Wave. Okay. Um, really, really good, talented musician. He's going to be out here in Columbus at the Nationwide Arena on the 18th of November. So not too far from here. Okay. From now. <laughs> Um, so I'm I, I'm really interested. I'm going to check that out. I think that's going to be a good one. Um, right on. Is there 
anything else before we close out that you have in mind you can talk about? <coughs> do you have any shows coming up that we're going to push I out I do not have anything coming up, but stay tuned. There may be a Christmas show in the making, a country Christmas. Um, I know there was a, a great show here uh, less than a week ago. It was uh, The Kitchen Dwellers and Cosmic Country. They played over at Woodlands, and I was couldn't go see them. Um, but apparently, these guys are both those bands are fantastic. So, if you ever seen the Kitchen Dwellers in Cosmic Country? If you get a chance, right. go check it out. Um, but there are people coming from all around to see that show, and then traveling to like Grand Rapids. You know, they were like following these these bands in like big ways. You know, so that's what I got right now. All I right. wish a little more, but. All right. And um, I do have one more that's uh, close to my family, and that is the Alan Farley Scarlet and Grey 5K coming up on November 26th. I believe that'll be over in Canal Winchester. I know there's a turkey truck coming up, too. Correct. There'll be, there'll be one. Um, I've signed up for the, for the Columbus one, for the one up in Arlington. Okay. Yeah, that one. That one's pretty good. Nice how, how, how far is it, the turkey trot? I think it's like only a 5K, and I think you can do a 10K, 10K yeah. as well. Yeah, let me see. Let me see how many miles it is this year. But I do like it a lot because um, it's for a good cause. And uh, I get some cool T-shirts and medals because I'm usually designed for the, for the kids um, the kids that uh, the, the benefit from the registrations and everything. Right. I'm trying to find it for you here. Take a trot. Turkey trot. You know, they give you pies. Giant, like, drumsticks of turkey, just, like, ripping them from the bone as you, like, travel on your, on your way. I have to say, there's some, there's some lovely, lovely costumes there, though. Uh, Sacrifices a turkey at the end. <laughs> you get to defeather and sacrifice the turkey winner. <laughs> How do you feel about that, yo? <laughs> so, um, this one they support the Easter Seals. Okay. Um, that's a good cause. Yeah. yeah. So there's a five miler. That's the one I'm doing. There's a two point six miler. There's what's the, the five miler? Uh, five miles. It's just called Five Miles. That's it. Just a five miler. <laughs> and great creative team going on there. <laughs> and then what they, do you want to call it? <laughs> there's the tot trots, and there's the you can also do it virtually as well. Uh, the website is columbusturkeytrot.com. Check that out. But that's right here in Grandview, up on Lane Avenue. So yeah, looking forward to that. Well, on that note, this has been Chasing Whiskey Down the Rabbit Hole with Max and Josh. And my cohort, Max, up to no good, but you know you love it. <laughs> we are here. Cheers to you. And uh, if you do drink the whiskey, drink responsibly. Until next week. Cheers. Cheers.